Thank you very much. I want to talk to you today uh, about honesty again. I've continued that theme. And I realize I'm talking to the most honest people in the world. I do. And I, but I know how much you love it. But, but here's the deal. We, we live in a world that's not very honest. We are living in the midst of uh, the revelation of the prince of the power of the air. That's the devil. And uh, he is the great deceiver. Uh, Jesus called him in, in John 8, the father of liars. That's what Jesus said about him. And uh, what I want to try to do, if God would help me, and the reason this has been on my heart, I feel like it anyway, is from God, is that you're living your life, and it's not that you and I want to, we got to live honestly as a prerequisite to go to heaven. That's not it. Hey, hey, we're all sinners. And everybody in this room has lied before. Don't, don't tell me any different. I mean, that, that's how it is with us. And, and yet, we, we need to know that because we want to be honest and we travel this course is because we are saved by grace. The bird flies not because it is a bird, because it is a bird, okay? So the joy in your heart and mind, the peace that can come is when we follow Jesus. And when we follow Jesus, we've got to be honest. Honesty is the reason that we are living in a world of such fear. See, because if you're not honest, you won't be very courageous. You only have to deal with life. And, and in fact, we're living in a world, you know, we hear a lot about fake news, and there is a lot of that, uh, but there's also fake churches. There's fake preachers. There's fake Christians. Um, somebody was telling me not long ago they, they passed by a church yesterday that had a sign that said, Jesus loves you and your tattoos. That is a lie. Jesus does not love tattoos. Now, you may have a tattoo, but, but Jesus doesn't love it. He loves you. There, there's no way that you can say that Jesus loves us and our, and our sins. God hates sins. That was proven on the cross. If you don't believe God hates sin, you look what he did for you on the cross of Calvary, okay? So, so we're living in a world that churches, the church today, in my view, has lost a lot of her influence flatly because they're dishonest. We wonder about revival. And the reason we don't have a revival is we're not glorifying God. We can't glorify God and try to cover up our lives in our homes try to put on being fathers and mothers and, and, and friends and church members. Uh, we, we cannot do that. And so we lose our, our influence. So, so I pray that God would help us in these messages to say, you know, I'm going to make up my mind to be honest. And it's going to be commitment. That's one of my points today. But, but we need to see it because that's what Jesus has called us to do. And, and it, it makes the difference is this, so that when you come uh, to look in the mirror, you can live with yourself, okay? That's what honesty does, and, and that's what's important. See, because God knows our hearts, and, and, and what a blessing it is to see that. So with that said, and kind of sitting a, a context, and I wanted to go to the book of John's Gospel, and I want to read some verses, and I'd like for you to stand while I read those from John chapter 6, if you don't mind standing for just a moment with me.
John 6, I'm going to read verse 66 through 71. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. For he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Thank you. Please be seated. Now, three key words I want to try to bring out of this text, God would be in my helper again, is, is this. Number one, conflict. Because you're going to see conflict anytime you start walking the road of honesty, of truth in your life. This road is like Jesus is saying, the road is narrow. Straight is the gate and narrow is the way. And few there be that find it. I believe, frankly, there's probably very few true, honest people that make that their determination. They're going to be honest. The reason it's such a conflict is we often lie to cover up our mistakes. Pride is a real reason a lot of times we tell lies. We do. And uh, we need to be understanding that an honest failure often keeps us, uh, uh, wait a minute, let me say it like this, an honest failure. And you got to be honest, you know, we do make mistakes. We are not perfect. We fail. The best thing we can do is understand that we are sinners and act like we are. Now, I don't mean by that that we're promoting our sin. What I mean is understanding how God has saved us, that we are sinners. We're not perfect. But, but, but if we're honest in our, in our mistakes, then, then most of the time that provides a way for a greatest, greater success. Okay? I've never done a lot of welding, but I understand that that if you have a broken piece of metal and somebody welds it back together right, the part of that well where it was broken, where that weld is made, will be the strongest place in that rod or that beam or whatever is welded together. See, that's why confession is so important about honesty. And that's why we're not seeing much repentance is because we're not honest with ourselves and we're not being honest with God. You be honest with God and God will be honest with you. You hear me? In other words, draw near to God and God will draw near to you. Maybe, just maybe, we're not as close to God and feel His felt presence as we should because we're trying to hide something from God. You know, that's, that's what we do. That's, that's nature. I mean, uh, I'm, not, I'm not trying to beat up on us about that, but that's how it is. We, we need to get honest. We need to see that, that there's nowhere to go but to Jesus. 
Uh, there's nowhere to, to piddle paddle around life. We gotta just come up with it. We can't sweep truth under the rug or, or, or our, our lies and cheat. And say, we have to come out with it. And we have to say, God, I'm gonna be out, but there'll be conflict. And truth does hurt, but it will make you free. Now, now let me clear a couple things up about lying in the Bible. There are places in the Bible where some of God's greatest people, even God, uh, seems to imply a lie, okay? And here's the, here's, the, here's the prerequisite for doing that in all honesty. Number one is, does it protect a life? And number two is, does it promote peace, okay? You remember Abraham? lied to Abimelech about Sarah being his wife. Why did he do that? Because he knew that if he didn't, Abimelech would take Sarah from him. That's what kings did, okay? That happens. Jonathan lied to his daddy, King Saul, about David, where David was. Why did he do that? to save his life. There was a time when God even, uh, with Samuel, was, was going up before the, the people and, and he, he was going for a purpose and God told him to well, just tell them that, that you're gonna make a sacrifice. Uh, and that's what you were doing there. Now, now what I'm telling you this far is not to justify every lie, but, but you gotta be careful because there are cases where, where you're going to protect somebody's life. You know, honesty is this. It's, if you're going to say something, make sure it's the truth. But it does not mean that everything that's true has to be said. Okay? You have thoughts in your mind, and I do too, that, that you best not say sometime. Okay? Because, see, if you knew about me, that God knows about me, and all the truth, they would be no pastor appreciation day. I guarantee you, they would not. So, so we need to be able to come honestly before God and say, God, you're a sinner. I'm a sinner, and you're my Savior. And I desperately need you. Okay? And another thing, you know, is parents. And I get, I, get, I get on myself about this sometime. I, I say, well, you know, how can I tell people how to live when I haven't lived so good myself? I mean, a parent might say to his child, and then we should, do not drink and do drugs or have sex out of marriage. A lot of parents aren't, aren't, aren't godly enough to, and honest enough to even say that now. But that's what God says we are to do is to bring him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. But say that parent did those very same thing they telling their children not to do when they were younger, which probably most have. Does that mean that you're not supposed to tell your child? No, because God has saved you by his grace. And over time, you see the, the need of being honest. So you, yes, you are to tell your children that even though you've made that mistake and you don't need to be guilty about telling them, nor are you a hypocrite, okay? 
You're not. You know, uh, bringing a little politics up here, if I can, uh, there was a point up until a few weeks ago, I was not going to vote for Herschel Walker for senator. I didn't care if he was a Republican or not. I wasn't going to vote for the other guy either. But I just flat wasn't going to do it. Because why? My confidence wasn't there. He's a great football player. I wasn't going to do it until. I don't know if you've seen it. He has an ad out there. And he just come up and said, look, you've all known I've struggled with mental illness. I even wrote a book about it. And he said something like this, but it says, God has changed me. And then he stands there and tells the world, I'm saved by grace. I looked over at my wife. We're watching TV. That ad come on. I said, I'm going to vote for that man. What made the difference? Honesty. Honesty made the difference. And honesty will make the difference in you. There's a conflict in it. You can't put confidence in somebody that you can't trust. You can't. And that's why we need to live like that. There's no relationship. A marriage, a church, or a friendship, or a business can work, make it without honesty. And it just seems like it's like the stars at night. We don't even notice them or the birds singing in the morning until they just shut up and we never hear them again. And then we cry out for them. And we're living in a world where we cry out, I want something honest. It's not that you don't make mistakes, but are you willing to come to God and be honest? That's what Jesus says. All right, so let's get back to the text. I said that conflict Verse 66 says, from that time many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Why not? Why did they do that? Because they were walking with him for the benefit of his miracles. Jesus explains in John 6 is a powerful catalog of God's working among people. He says he's the bread of life and, and he's talking about the cross. He's talking about in John 6 that that um, unless the Father draw me, you can't come to me. And I've told you before that you cannot have anything to do nor you with your eternal salvation. I don't care how many times you say you accept Jesus or raise your hand or pray the sinner's prayer. Unless God is drawing you, you're not going to make it. You're not, because God does it, and we need to say instead of accepting Jesus, God, I'm going to be honest with you. I am poor and needy, and I'm sitting in the dark, and I need your light. And oh God, come to me. Help me. I'm not ashamed to be a beggar. There's conflict. You get an honesty in your life, and that becomes your mode. Your friend list is going to get a lot shorter. Jesus says, from that time many, many went back and walked no more with him. I guess I, guess I didn't tell you, in these messages, the first one I talked about was confession. Talking about honesty. Honesty, the theme being honesty, honestly. Okay, confession 
where we use 1 John 1, you know, cleanses us from all sins when we confess our sins. That's being honest. Secondly, uh, we talked about um, character from Psalm 15. And we know that the only one that fit that mode was Jesus Christ. But that's who we're supposed to be following. And all the instances of our life as Christians that we've been shaped and molded to be like Jesus. And you can well bet every day you and I will face a decision that we have to make about being honest. You watch it. That is so critical. Because Satan tries to deceive us. And you remember his first call to Adam and Eve in the garden to deceive him was, Yea, hath God said. You see, really did God say that? So that we can expect. Secondly, uh, wait a minute, I said the, the theme, but my title today is, is course. A course. What kind of course are you living? Okay. A course means uh, it's a place that we're going or want to go or, or, or where we're going or intending to go. That's a course. So, so the deal is, we want to be like the Apostle Paul when it come his time to die. It doesn't matter where you die in a prison or a palace. What matters is are you honest with God and honest with others. Do not die with some secret sin, okay? It'll make you miserable. When the Apostle Paul died, he died in a prison, but in 2 Timothy 4, he said this, I have finished my course. I have fought a good fight. I have kept the faith. See, he's been honest. He can look in the mirror. He didn't say he won every battle. He said, I fought a good fight. Okay. See, the Apostle Paul in Romans 7, where he says, Oh, the thing that I want to do, I don't do, and that what I don't want to do, I do. And he says, Oh, wretched man, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? He's talking about the struggle of the sinful nature that's unredeemed and the redeemed part of the Holy Spirit that lives in your soul. He was telling the truth. He's telling the truth. So, so in that course, we see that. We see a course that God has given us. And we can have confidence. My next point is not, my first one was, was conflict, but now it's confidence. You can have confidence in, in your uh, being honest. See? I mean, the wicked flee, the Bible says, when no man pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. Jesus' number one command was fear not. So Jesus is telling these people, says, why, do you, why don't you come to me? And, and, and Peter says, Lord, where can we else go? Lord, Lord, where could we go? And he's confident in that because he believed in Jesus and then he was sure. And that's the order that we all have. God has given us his spirit so that we believe and yet we're to have assurance based on that. We're confident that God's way is the right way for our course in life. Do you believe that? Well, the Ten Commandments were given 
if you would envision the Ten Commandments, they are like a maybe a buoy marker in the channel that gets you gets your boat out to sea, keeps you from going up on dry land. It shows you where the channel is. You can't see how deep the water is. You ever been on a sandbar? I have. What happened? I I got outside the channel. Your life will get on a sandbar if you get outside of God's law because there are laws about honesty. Actually, all the Ten Commandments are about honesty. But the ninth one says this. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. That's one of them. That's the ninth commandment. God says don't lie. That's what a false witness is. God hates it. It's an abomination to God. So is putting marks on your body, by the way, according to Leviticus. So is a lot of other things, like adultery. Murder. Innocent. Abortion. So so now we need to have confidence. If we're going to be on the course of honesty, Hey, listen to me. I know you know this. Does not God say that he will provide all our needs? Isn't that what he says? Say yes. I mean, he does, he does what he says. Philippians 4 9, I mean, he, may, he makes that call. So, so when we're not going to be honest with him and we sin, what we're doing is saying, God, I don't really believe you. I don't believe you're going to meet my needs. So I'm going to meet them soon. And you know, we're all addicts in a certain way, but I've been up close to one lately. I was with my daughter the other day, and she was telling the lady that she's with over there in recovery. She calls up and says, look here, I've been struggling today. I saw an ad of alcohol on TV and said, I just feel like I'm going to fall in a week. Break. I don't know if I can do this. And that woman told her over my speakerphone, she says, actually, the next time that happens, you speak the name of Jesus. I like that. Jesus will keep you honest, my friends. You know, we should have that call. We used to wear a little bracelet, a little necklace. What would Jesus do? Jesus will keep you honest. Jesus will keep you in the right course of your life. Now, if you want to get serious with him, you have to follow him that way. Jesus says, if you're going to be my disciple, you take up your cross, you deny yourself, and you daily follow me. Okay? That's what you do. And we have to confidence in God that he will meet our needs. And that's what the disciples said. Jesus has called and said, will you also go? There's a challenge in this all for us. If you're going to follow God and you're going to follow Jesus, you're going to be challenged every day to put up where your confidence is. So then my last point is, let's see, what have we said? Let's, let's think about conflict. Confidence and commitment. That's what I want to say, commitment. See, the reason these folks did not want to follow Jesus, they weren't committed to Jesus. They were committed to something else. And the one thing that that should close us today, just from these verses, to say, God, I'm going to be committed from this day forward to be honest, because you can't do that now. Listen, you won't do that without Jesus as enablement. You will lie before you get home without God. 
So God help me be honest. Are you honest enough to be honest with God? Because here's a man that Jesus brings out Judas Iscariot ought to be a warning to us. That man is in hell today. How do you know that? Because God says he is. The son of perdition. Why? Because he was dishonest. He was a traitor. He was a liar. And yet he was around God's people and Jesus. And there are people sitting in churches and preachers preaching from God's pulpit that are liars and traitors. And we need to be just like the disciples when Jesus says, one would betray him. They all said, is it I? We need to see our own tendency. We need to fall on our face and say, oh God, is it me? Because do not think there's not a sin you can't commit, but there, there it is. We need God's grace so much. We need to be committed. If you're going to be honest, you've got to get ahead of it. In other words, if I'm going to go on a diet, I say, I'm not going to eat any more sweets. Or I realize, well, sweets are not good for you. They're going to make me gain weight. But if I don't make up my mind that I'm going to be committed to not eating them, when I'm presented them, I'm going to grab some. I'm going to justify it some way. But if I, on the other hand, make a commitment, I don't have to even come to that point. I don't have to struggle. That's why the truth makes you free. You don't have to struggle with things. You speak the name of Jesus. You get to where point, I'm going to be committed to this. I'm not going to drink. I'm not going to have sex before marriage if you're a young person. But don't wait till you get in some place where you're going to have to be tempted with it. You make up your mind like, like Daniel did when he went before the king. Like Joseph did. So a commitment is a big deal. It's a big deal about honesty. And you can't do it just one time. You know, there's a place in the bathroom, girls' bathroom, I go sometime early in the morning, and it says, in the morning when I rise, give me Jesus. I think it's from a song, isn't it? You know what I've been thinking this week? I said, in the morning when I rise, give me honesty. And I'm going to tell you, there's some things you're going to have to face in life you might not necessarily like. And you know what? It's a good thing to be around people that are honest. That's a benefit of God's church. Because I guarantee you this, you get around people that like to tell lies, you know, get around a, a place when people start telling them what all they've done and what all they've accomplished. You know, I, I tell my girls sometimes, you know, these guys will lie to you. They'll lie to you. Girls will lie to guys too. Well, you know what it'll make? You'll have to tell a lie just to keep up with them. That's how it is sometimes. You don't want to be left out. You're going to lie too. It's contagious. <laughs> it is. So may the Lord bless us. Man, I could go on. Mainly because of my own life. I already told y'all, you know, I feel like it's the biggest fake ever stood behind a pulpit sometime. I do. But I've got to be honest with God. And you have too. I want you to be too because there you're going to find your joy and your confidence and your strength. And you need to be teaching your children, parents, about honesty. 
You don't, you don't teach them not to lie and then somebody calls you and wants to meet with you and they hear you say, well, I'm, tell them I'm not here. That happens. Let's have a prayer. Lord, we thank you for the joy of being honest. We thank you that we can be honest with you and that you have been honest with us. You never lie. We thank you, Lord, for the people you put in our lives that promote integrity and honesty. There's such a light in this world. In our lies and cheating and stealing, Lord, just takes away the glow in our influence in this life that you've given us to live for you who died for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.